Welcome back to DCOM Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And we did not make money off the Iraq War. <laughs> That's our new slogan. <laughs> so, <laughs> this week we watched Can of Worms. From came- 1999. Yes. Um, and I have a few things to say about the people who started it. I don't know how much you have to say besides if they were in like 7th Heaven or something, but I've got a lot to say. <laughs> I have a few things written down. Um, so the first one, um, Erica Christensen, who was Caitlin. Um, I saw that she was in Parenthood. I know you watched Parenthood. Yes. Well, the entire movie, I'm like, why does she look so familiar? Why does she look so familiar? And then I realized it was in Parenthood. But I was like, is it? I was like, I was trying to think of who her like son or daughter was and what character she played. It wasn't a very big role, I, I realized. But I'm pretty sure... And, like, at first I liked her, but then something happened and I didn't like her very much anymore. She's no so you just, like, like, blocked her from your memory? Pretty much. She's no more like Gilmore. She's not Dax Shepard. <laughs> um, or the, the other ones. I don't know their names, but I know the other siblings, just not her. She was also in Flight Plan, which is a really good movie, if anyone's wondering. I think she played, like, one of the evil flight attendants. Ooh, spoiler. Ooh. <laughs> um, oh, and then we also have our very first returning actor, um, Adam Wiley, who played Gilbert in Under Wraps, returns as, again, the friend to the main character. Yes. He, um, he was in Seventh Heaven, like I mentioned last <laughs> last time we talked about him. He was Marvin, who was a kid who was getting made fun of on the bus, and Simon stuck up for him, and he wasn't even his friend, but it was a whole thing. But also, um, I don't think we mentioned this last time, he did a lot of voice acting. Maybe we did. But I was looking through it again, and it's so much. Like, he was in Benton, American Dragon, Jake Long, Phil Moore. Oh, and then he was in Gilmore Girls again. We mentioned that, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and then the guy who voices Barnabas the dog, his name is Malcolm McDowell. And, like, he's most famous for starring in A Clockwork Orange, which is, like, I've never seen it, but it's, like, a big deal. It's, like, Stanley, Stanley Kubrick or whatever. Um, but he also did a lot of voice work, and he was also, like, a supporting, like, guest star in, like, everything. So, like, if, like, you see his face, he looks really familiar, and it's because he's been in, like, every, like, at least one episode of every TV show ever made. But what I wanted to talk about, so like, he briefly mentioned voice acting and how, um, what's his name, Adam Wiley was in a lot. Tara Strong is in this movie. Uh, she voices one of the aliens, and Tara Strong has over 500 credits on IMDb because she is a voice actor, and I wanted to give a shout-out to all the voice actors of the world. I once watched a documentary. It's called I Know That Voice. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it is anymore. It's about, like, voice actors and, like, this community that they all have that, like, no one really knows about. Because, like, the guy who made it, they were, he was like, yeah, you know, like, celebrities will come in and, like, do voice acting and they're paid to sound like themselves, but, like, we come in and we're paid to not sound like ourselves. It's, it's like, this whole big community. And I recognize Tara Strong because she's the voice of Timmy Turner himself. Um, she's also the voice of Dill Pickles, uh, the voice of Bubbles, the Powerpuff Girl, and has been in just, like, a bill, like, literally every DC uh, cartoon you can ever think of, every Marvel cartoon you can ever think of, Teen Titans, My Little Pony. Um, she voiced um, Sunny the Baby in A Series of Unfortunate Events, the new one. Uh, Rick, Rick and Morty. Uh, every animated movie you can think of, she was like additional background voices. Scooby-Doo, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, The Replacements, Kim Possible, Danny Phantom. She was um, Penny Proud's twin siblings in The Proud Family. <laughs> Um, and she was also, I don't know if you ever saw The Little Mermaid 2. Uh, I did. She was Melody, Ariel's daughter. Um, 
And yeah, I wanted to give a shout out because I was going to bring this up uh, whenever it got to Kim Possible because um, Christy Carlson Romano, who voices Kim Possible, she has a show on YouTube where she cooks things with like old like Disney and Nickelodeon stars. Actually, Adam Wiley was just on her recent one. I didn't watch it. Um, But but she had Will Fredel on, who's Ron Stoppable. And Will Fredel, like, I could always, like, tell that it was him, because, like, I did watch Boy Meets World, and, like, he, like, sounds like himself. But, like, whenever he went, like, straight from, like, his, like, normal voice to his, like, Ron Stoppable voice, it, like, kind of caught me off guard, because I didn't realize, like, how different they were. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Tara Strong for just being the best. Yeah, well, <laughs> whenever you said her name, it sounded familiar, so I knew that she must have been in things that I knew of, but... I yeah, didn't she's Timmy Turner. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I just wanted to give a little a little shout out to voice actors. I appreciate you. All the voice actors listening in, this one's for you. <laughs> um, I have notes over one more person. I don't know if you have anyone else, but I have um, the little sister Jill. She's oh yes, I do. Played by Brighton Hertford. That is her name. I'm so sorry. And first of all, she wasn't. She looked so familiar to me. Okay, no, literally, time. like, I didn't have her, um, listed in the beginning because, her, like, her IMDb didn't have a picture or anything, mm-hmm. but then I saw her movie, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, I, I've seen her somewhere. Yeah, so, um, first of all, she was in Daw- Dawson's Creek, which, again, I did watch some of, but <laughs> she was in Seventh Heaven as well. We have two Seventh Heaveners. <laughs> she had a crush on Simon. That's all I really know. She played Beth Bagley. Apparently, she had, like, written his name all over her notebook, and I don't really remember much else, and I was too lazy to go and, like, rewatch the episode. I know her because it said that she was one of the bunkmates in yeah, The Parent Trap. I to that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, she was... She was one of the bunkmates in The Parent Trap, and I tried to, like, find a picture of her. She's sitting next to... Um, wait, which one is the British one? Hallie? Uh, Annie. Annie. She's sitting next to Annie when they play poker. She looked so She's familiar. definitely one of the ones who got, like, pranked in the morning. I don't know which one. I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find it, because she wasn't the one with the shaving cream. No. I looked her I up. remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then Annie was the one who stepped up and, like, st- slipped in goo. Yeah, I think it was, like, honey, but yeah. Or honey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but she was in, yeah, she was in the parent trap, and that's what I knew her from. Yeah, it was definitely I Annie's bunk. The trap back in my day. I've seen it so many times that I immediately recognize a supporting character. I love the parent trap. <laughs> Unfortunately, the parent trap is not decom. No. Once, you know, we get popular enough, we'll do one-offs. <laughs> I mean, I could just act list. out the entire movie right now. I don't think this anybody will wants be. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so let's start with the movie. Let's go ahead. <laughs> so, we open uh, with the title card on a stormy night. Yes. Um, there is a teenage boy, like, setting up a s- giant-ass satellite or something in his backyard. Yeah, he has all these, like, electrical equipment things, and there's zany music playing as the storm is going on. Right. And he's, like, rushing around, trying to do all this stuff, so we know that there is a time constraint, something to do with the storm. Yes. Um, he puts on this, like, microphone headset, like, a Britney Spears, like, microphone headset, (laughs) and he starts speaking into the headset, and then what he's saying translates onto the computer, which is very high-tech for 1999. Yeah, and it's perfect. There are no typos. Yeah. Have you ever talked to your phone, like, tried to do voice-to-text message? It never gets anything right. I was in a group project in college, and there was someone in my group project who was hard of hearing. Um, I don't know if he was completely deaf or not, but he had a, um, like, transcriber who sat next to him, and she had, like, this keyboard. It didn't have, like, anything on the keyboard. I don't really know what she did with the keyboard, but it would, like, hear us, like, as we're talking as a group, and then it would, like, type out, like, what it said on the screen. So I would be like, 
can that thing hear me right now? And then it would, like, show up on the screen, like, can that thing hear me right now? (laughs) But, like, if it was wrong, she would, like, go back and, like, fix it somehow. I don't know how it worked. Yeah, so basically we're just calling out the inaccuracy of this e-com from 1999. Well, we'll get there to get there later. Yeah, but okay, so he's he's giving this whole, like, soliloquy to the universe. Yeah, he's like, like, I'm Mike Pillsbury, and I've been stuck here on Earth, and I don't belong here. He's like, I'm weird. I don't fit in here. And I don't want to fit in. Come rescue me. Sorry, Jughead, just keep that in my mind. Yeah. Um, so then he says the message, and then we literally see the message, like, as, like, sparks going through the wires and then up through the satellite. Yeah, he, like, positions the satellite, and then it, like, sh- yeah, he, like, moves it, and then we see the sparks go through the whole, like, system that he has set up. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then the message, um, like, goes from sparks to a giant flash that, like, goes out into the night, like a fucking spotlight out into this stormy night because that's how science works. And he is so excited. He's like jumping up and down. He's like, "Yes, come and get me. Come and get me." Yeah. <laughs> so, um and then lightning kind of like strikes back on the satellite and then we fade to black. Yes. And then there's a title card that says 2 weeks earlier. So we cut, we go back to the backyard that the boy was in, but it's a nice crisp fall day outside. Um, there's three boys in the treehouse, Mike Pillsbury, who we already met, um, his friend, I don't know if they introduced him yet, but I'm just going to introduce him so it's not confusing. Yeah. His friend, Nick, who's Adam Wiley from Under Wraps, and then Nick's little brother, Jay. Jay is like, I don't even want I don't know, like eight years old. Yeah, he's And younger. then, yeah, Mike and Nick are like 13 or 14. They're or, like in high school, I think, because yeah. they have the dance, but yeah. So, um... Mike is telling this story, and he is very into this story that he's telling. He's telling the story about aliens, about this species called the Hansels, and they were getting attacked by the Zhongs, and it was this whole thing. And the Hansel mother had a little baby Hansel, and she had to put him safely somewhere, so she put him in a spaceship and sent him to Earth. And Mike, like, made a graphic novel to go along with the story that yeah. he's showing on his computer. He's very talented. No one gives him enough credit for <laughs> yeah. And so Jay is a little brother. He's super entranced by this story. And you can tell that Nick is just kind of like, I've heard the story a million times. Right. Because it's kind of clear that Mike thinks that he is this alien that was sent to Earth for his own safety. Yes. It's not like explicitly stated, but like you get that vibe. Yeah, we'll get get to that later too. There's more on that, but... um, Uh, So then dad calls for Mike. Gotta get to the field before four. For the football game. For the big game, son. Yeah, and even then, we can just tell immediately that Mike is not thrilled to be playing football. He's He doesn't seem like a sports guy. No, no, he doesn't want to. Um, so we cut to the football field, and Mike is playing football, but he fucking sucks, and he gets ridiculed by his teammate. Um, and during this time, while the game is still going on, Mike spots a cheerleader on the sidelines and just stares at her for a good minute. Yeah, well, okay. First of all, the cheerleaders are wearing turtlenecks and sweaters like it's the 1950s, so I'm a little confused on that costume choice. I don't know. I don't know what cheerleaders were in the 90s unless it was, oh, Bring It On didn't happen until 2000, so I don't know. Well, yeah. um, (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so that's happening. He's staring at her. Well, I don't think the game was, like, actually Oh, they were, like, it was, like, in the middle of plays. plays. I don't know how football works entirely. Football's so dumb. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But anyway, uh, this big kid comes up to him, and he's like, come on, Mike, get your head in the game. Stop Stop staring at the cheerleaders. It's never gonna happen. So then... (laughs) 
Uh, they go back in the huddle. They all um, spread out into their line. Fuck, I know, like, all these football terms, <laughs> but they're all escaping my mind right now. I don't know any, so I have no help whatsoever. Um, they all... Hike. <laughs> I don't really know what Mike's position is. Um, they're on defense at this point, but I... <laughs> because the other team throws the ball, and Mike catches the interception. And he's just like, oh my fucking god, what do I do? <laughs> this has obviously never happened to him in a game, ever. So. Right, so he just like kind of starts running around, like, trying to get out of the way. But after a while, Mike well, somehow... The whole, the whole crowd is, like, standing up. They're like, oh right. my god! They're like, oh my god, Mike got it, like, have, go! They have announcers at this high school football game, and they're like, They have oh. announcers at high school football games. I don't know, I went to, like, two in my life. So, anyway, <laughs> um, they're like, oh, he's he's doubling back and he's going for it. And so we hear this happening, and then everyone is like, what is he doing? Because he keeps running, and he thinks, he's like, oh, my God, I'm, like, evading everyone, like, not getting tackled, whatever. And then his family sits down, and everyone else sits down because they're like, he's going the wrong way. <laughs> and so his team is like, stop, like, you're going the wrong way. And then he realizes it finally, and he turns around and then gets tackled like ten yards away from their, their, their side. touchdown. Yeah, their end zone. Sure, <laughs> I, I sound like such an idiot. Football. <laughs> um. So then, Mike falls to the ground. He's clearly concussed, and in the midst of this concussion, he like sees an alien in his vision. Yeah. I don't really know how that plays it's into just the some story. It's alien hand, and he's like, no, don't take me. Yeah, he's like, brain. don't take me, don't take me, but it turns out the whole time it was just the doctor who's, like, looking into his eyes with a flashlight, and they go, he's fine, and they're just leaving there on the ground, and then his family comes over, <laughs> and they're, like, trying to, like, talk to him and make him feel better, and then they leave, and they also just leave him there on the ground. Yeah, no, no one, one helps, helps him, him up. up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, and then I have here, sister was bunkmate and parent trap. Yes. <laughs> um, so then we cut, um, we're back in the backyard, and Mike is working on this satellite by voice command. He's wearing his Britney Spears headphone set, and he's just like, change, left, 90 degrees. <laughs> okay, whose parents let you have a giant-ass satellite in your backyard? Well, then we find out it's actually the TV satellite. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense because mom comes outside and she's like hey mike i need you to move it back we need to get the like this specific channel or whatever and he's like sure thing mom okay also like this satellite is bigger than mike himself i i think satellites were more high tech in 1999 i never we never had a satellite that was that big but we had a satellite dish that was on our roof because it was small enough to go on the roof i don't know i don't understand how and they just, yeah they just like let him play with their satellites in the middle of their fucking yard don't they have like don't they want to, like, play in the backyard? <laughs> but there's satellites there. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, but they just let him play with their satellite. <laughs> yeah, so he moves it back, and Mom goes inside, so does he. And Mom is, like, on the phone, and we see that she's, like, needing to watch something for, like, business or I something. I don't, I don't know. know. She's, like, trying to get some foreign country TV. And so Mike goes into the kitchen and starts making breakfast, and his sister comes in and starts, like, making fun of him, because why would she not? And then she's like, can you help me with the computer homework? And he's like that's what you need for me. <laughs> and so, I don't know, she starts asking about, like, a transmitter or something. And then Mike starts, like, saying all these words because he's super smart about computers. Everyone in these Disney movies knows everything about computers <laughs> in the early 90s. What is that about? They're trying to get everyone interested in STEM. <laughs> it I, I did, it did not work with me. <laughs> me either. <laughs> um, so then we see in another room, Dad is getting on the computer to check the stock market, but then this, like, cartoon pig shows up. Well, 
he says, rise and shine, <laughs> at <AT&T>. <laughs> But, okay, he says rise and shine, at and like, he's checking the stocks, but I didn't know at and was a thing before it, it like, bought cellular. Singular? singular? Yeah, because my parents used to have singular, that's what they were I think they were two had. separate things. Oh, and then they just, And then like, at and just ate singular. Oh, got it, okay. Because we used to have singular, too. Yeah, I didn't know that at and was, like, a thing before it, like... Had I mean, I didn't, yeah, I definitely, like, didn't, I mean, I was, this is I was three years old, so I didn't <laughs> know. Yeah, but like Elizabeth said, he, like, goes to try and do, he, like, pulls it up for a brief second, and then there's, like, a pig oinking. Yeah, and then Mike is like, oh, sorry, Dad, I was programming on the computer, and it interfered with your socks. <laughs> Dad's like, ah, oh, that's okay, son, why don't you fix it up, and let's spend more time outside, we can practice football. Yeah, and then Mike is like, you know, Dad, um... I don't really know if football's, like, my thing. He's being, like, really nice about it. He's not like, you're giving up your dream. No, Dad, I'm giving up yours. He's, like, really chill about it. He's just like, I don't really know if football is for me. Yeah. And Dad just thinks that he's, like, giving up because he messed up in the game the other day. Well, and Dad's like, don't say you can't. And he's like, I never said I can't. And <laughs> I like, don't want to. But Dad doesn't get it. And he's just like, whatever. Dad's just like, this <laughs> Yeah. Um, so then we cut to school the next day, and the jocks start picking on Mike because he messed up in the football game. Um, they're in computer class, and the cheerleader walks in, and uh, the jock starts, like, making room for her, like, oh, you can sit here, Caitlin. But she's like, oh, this seat is open next to Mike, so I'm going to sit here. Mm-hmm. So she sits down next to Mike. And, okay, I'm, <laughs> this is so confusing. So the jock pulls out this floppy disk, and he puts it in his computer, but it sends a virus to Mike's computer. Well, I don't even think it's a virus. It's just, like, something that pops up on his computer. So, like, unless, like, this file was saved on the floppy disk, and then the jock opened it, and then sent it through, like, instant messenger to Mike's computer, but they didn't show that. I don't I don't know how technology worked back then. I don't think it's accurate. Floppy disks were just storage were just storage disks. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how things worked. How did my computer teacher get everything to show up from her screen onto our screens? She did that? <laughs> or my computer teacher did that. My, my computer yeah, teacher in our computer smart. class, we did that. In my, in my computer class, we um, followed the Iditarod race. That was all we did. Can't relate. <laughs> Shout out to the Iditarod. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, Scott is the jock's name, and he puts in this floppy disk. And, like, yeah, so I don't know if floppy disk could do that in 1990. Yeah, but that, this is a whole plot line that's going on right here. So, he puts it in, and then there's these, like, texts that come across the screen, and it's like, we have your brain. Do you want it back or something because whenever he was concussed he said no well, don't take my brain right but it is like a virus so he can't like exit out of it well he exited out of it and then he put it back up but then he gets out of it again and he pulls out his own floppy disk and then and then uh nick his friend is like oh you're gonna destroy him do it to him now <laughs> Well, and then his floppy disk sends a message to the teacher's computer that's a love letter from the principal and then the teacher's like oh I have to leave class. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, gotta go get some with the principal. Well, the letter's like, oh, I must see you now. Like, come see me. And she's like, bye class. Yeah. So So she leaves. And then on everyone's computers, not just Scott's, but everyone's computer is a little pig from earlier, like pops up and he's like oinking and rolling around in the mud and everyone's like, ha 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 ha. This is so funny. And then the pig turns around and Scott's face is on the pig. And everyone really thinks it's funny now. But except for Scott. As 
You got him good. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get the humor in that. But I mean, I guess I'd be kind of mad if it were me, but I also wouldn't have started shit in the first place, so. Right. <laughs> um, so then, after computer class, uh, we cut back to the tree, the tree house, and Mike is continuing his story to Jay. Um, Jill, his sister, the Navajo bunkmate, walks, it, walks up and says, uh, Caitlin is here and in his room. And they're like, um... No, she's not. They're like, ha, 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 very funny. That would never happen. Right. Um, but then they're like, but wait, what if she is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we don't want to leave her waiting if she is. Right. So then Mike runs down um, the treehouse and then up into his room. Um, and Caitlin actually is there. And she's looking at, like, all of his stuff. It's all full of, like, like computers and, like, motherboards and wires. And it's a, really a fire hazard if you think about it. <laughs> Well, okay, what confused me is, like, I never had anyone come over to my house and be like, oh, can I, like, go see Kelly or whatever, and I wasn't there, but also, like, even if I did, would they just let them go into my room? Yeah, I thought that was weird, Especially, too. Especially, like, like, if it was, like, a boy and a girl. I mean, I guess it just depends on, like, who you're raised by, but, like, whenever like, I was friends with boys, I never went in their rooms. That just yeah. wasn't allowed. Well, also, just, yeah, like, go wait for them in their room. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, I don't think I ever went over to someone's house and they weren't there. Well, well, yeah, but I, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing was weird. But yeah, she's like looking around his room and he's like, oh, like, what's up? <laughs> and she's like, what's this? And he's like, oh, well, that's a transmitter. Yeah, and as he like is talking about it, he looks out the blinds and he sees his, uh, his friends Nick and Jay are like using binoculars to try and look through the blinds in his window, <laughs> which doesn't make sense. They wouldn't be able to see anything, but it's fine. <laughs> Um, so then Caitlin is like, listen, I am in charge of the upcoming Halloween dance, and I want more than just some boring-ass orange cray paper, and what you pulled in computer class is really cool. I want all these fucking, like, high-tech decorations for this Halloween dance. It's gonna be so fucking lit. Yeah, and Mike's <laughs> just like, whatever you say, I am in love with you. But he doesn't say that, obviously. It's just, implied. Yeah, and so they're just like, for sure. And then, just like, after that... They cut to a montage of them. Yeah, it's just a fun them. montage of getting ready for the dance. And during this montage, we can see they're, like, bonding they're, like, talking and laughing. And right. Wow. And Scott the jock is angry about it. Oh, yes. So um, as they're, like, getting, getting everything together, um, they build a rotating table that will be, like, in the middle of the dance with all these, like, lights and music and stuff. I don't know. It doesn't seem that cool to me. But apparently no. back in 1999, <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> it looks like the... Um, the tech budget for our high school place. <laughs> Pretty much. And we thought it was really, really cool. So I guess um, after they like get that to work, Caitlin's like, oh, we're such a good team. And Mike's like, oh my God. And she's like, what? And he's like, I just, I didn't think you'd see me like that. He's, yeah, he's like, well, I don't know if we're really fit together. And then he just goes, because you're a cheerleader and I'm just Mike. Like, that's, that's it. She's a cheerleader. Also, like, he's technically a jock. He's not good, but he's on <laughs> Right. Um, and then she's just like, you're dumb, like, whatever. And she's like, I hear you're good at telling stories, like, tell me a story. Right, so Mike starts the story, but then Scott walks in, and he's like, Caitlin, we're gonna go get food, you wanna come? And she's like, oh yeah, like, Mike, let's go. But then he's like, um, I didn't say that he was invited. Which yeah. is something... <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just not thinking about that, I'm like, did that ever happen to me? I feel like it did. 
I don't remember, but I feel like I'm getting like deja vu from that right now. <laughs> I don't know. But Mike gets all defensive right away and he's like, well, I didn't say I wanted to go anyway. And so they like almost get into a fucking fight in the gym, just like over nothing, literally nothing. And yeah. So and then Caitlin's like, stop being stupid. Stop fighting. And she's like, um, I'll take a rain check. And, um, and then she's like, well, why don't. Mikey, you and me, we go out for food, just the two of us. Yeah, well, this is after Scott, like, walks away, and they're, like, doing whatever, and then she's like, you know, we should still get food. Yeah. So, they go Same. and get food together. <laughs> um, so, later that night, uh, Scott and his friends sneak into the decorated gym, and they're mad because Mike is, like, thinking that he's better than them. He's, like, hanging out with Caitlin. Oh. And, like, we gotta put a stop to this. Trying to steal his girl, even though she's they're not, not his together. Girl. <laughs> um, and so that happens for, like, I don't know, two minutes. And then we cut back to um, Mike's house. He's soldering his cummerbund for the dance. And his sister starts, like, making fun of him. He's, like, putting lights into his, his cummerbund for the dance. Yeah. And his parents are just like, you know, we never taught you how to dance. You need to learn how to dance. And he's just busy, like, you know, being a fucking scientist at 14. Right. At first I thought this was weird, but then I, we realized it's a Halloween dance and everyone's in costume. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he does that or whatever, and then we cut to the dance, and he's, like, trying to get in, and Caitlin's, like, calling his Everyone's name. just, like, waiting outside for the doors to open. Yeah, Caitlin's calling his name, so they go inside, and they start getting everything set up, and she's like, hey, like, is there any chance that you'll be able to put everything on autopilot? Like, I want to dance with you tonight, or whatever, and he's like, oh, yeah, I can totally set that up, and he's, like, excited, because he's like, oh, Caitlin wants to dance with me? Oh, my God. <laughs> So, Mike is, like, turning everything on, and at the same time, we see the jocks hiding backstage. They're up to something sinister. Right, and the doors open, everyone walks in, Mike puts his Britney Spears headset on, and he's like, welcome to the dance, uh, this was set up by me and Caitlin, and then he, like, pulls out flowers and gives Caitlin flowers, um, and then he turns on, like, this rotating light machine, and he turns on the music, and everyone starts dancing, and they're all having a good time. There's, like, this monster that, like, flies. Yeah, decorations are, like, flying out of everywhere. Again, a lot like our high school theater department. You know what? <laughs> Nothing's changed since 1999, apparently. <laughs> Not at our high school. <laughs> Um, but then all of a sudden, the jocks shut everything down, the decorations start malfunctioning, and catches fire. <laughs> yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. And so Caitlin's like, yo, what's going on? And Mike's like, I don't know, I'm trying to, like, get it to work. And so everything starts running backwards at first, and it starts, like, going really fast. They would and, have like, to be really smart to figure that out. Well, yeah. And, like, <laughs> besides just, like, like turning it off. and hits someone, and then it, like, turns on fire, and one of the teachers goes and gets a fire extinguisher or whatever, and Mike's Right, like, and so Mike just runs straight into the fire extinguisher. I think his thing is, like, my equipment! I think that's, like, what it's supposed to be, because, like, I, I don't know what fire extinguisher goo is, but I imagine it's not good for computers and stuff, but... Well, he just runs straight into it, and so he's covered in fire extinguisher, and he's so embarrassed that he grabs his gear and just runs out of the gym. Yeah, and people are, like, laughing, but at, at that point, I was like, I don't really know if they're laughing at him. They're just like, that's, like... Yeah, I think he was making a bigger deal out of it. Yeah, like, I get why he was be. upset, but also just, like, calm down for a couple secs. 
Um, so then at this, at this point, we cut back to the opening scene. This is everything that has led up to what we saw previously. Yeah, so we re-see the same scene, the storm, and the typing out of the message, and all that. Yeah, and then so after the lightning, like, strikes back on the satellite whenever it cut off, we see, like, all these fireworks start to go up. They're clearly fireworks. <laughs> and they're all going off around the satellite, and they kind of, like, blow Mike back a little bit. Yeah, and so we realize that the satellite has been blown up by this, like, strike of lightning or whatever happened. Right, the next morning, um, we see the satellite completely destroyed, and his parents are like, oh, we'll just get insurance to get us a new satellite. And they're, like, trying to make him feel better because of everything that happened at the dance last night. Yeah, and Dad's like, let's just be positive, and everyone's (laughs) just trying to say stuff, and Mike is, like, all sad. Mike is not having it. Yeah, and Mike's like, I've lost my will to solve. Yeah, well, because Jill tries to get him to help with his homework again, so he can, like, prove how smart he is, but he goes, I've lost my will to solve, and then he leaves, and then, the like, Jill, Mom, and Dad, they all look at each other like, oh, this is serious. Yeah, they share a worried look, so you know (laughs) something's going on. So, we cut to school, and... No, 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 we go, um... We, this is whenever Mike goes into his treehouse. Oh, wait. No, maybe we did. No, we cut, cut to, to school. school. We cut to school. Mike's walking around, and everyone's laughing at him now. And so he, like, sees Caitlin, and he, like, thinks they're going to talk. And she just kind of, like, blows him off and starts talking with her friends, which is, like, a dick move. Because the entire time, Caitlin's, like, kind of been his friend, like, sticking up for him, not being a dick with Scott. And then she just, like, ignores him. And he's like, I got to go. Yeah. So then he leaves, and I guess just, like, cut school because that's what know. kids do in these movies all the time <laughs> and then he goes to the treehouse and he's like trying to take a nap he lays in his beanbag chair and then all of a sudden this extremely bright light shines through the skylight of the treehouse and things start to shake and then all of a sudden this dog appears and starts talking through his collar yeah the dog has like this mouth on its collar it's like a mouth translator device so. Yeah, so the dog says that Mike was able to open the Stargate door. Uh, the dog introduce, introduces himself as Barnabas. From and he's puppets. No, I didn't get that. <laughs> uh, but he's part of a galactic disaster relief organization. And Mike is like, uh-uh, I'm hallucinating. This is not real. Well, yeah, the dog is like, okay, Mike, it's time to get you out of here because, like, bad stuff is about to go down and you don't want to be here while it does. And Mike's just like uh, no, you're crazy. And he just, like, leaves. And the dog's like, okay, well, don't trust anyone but me. I'll be back. And whenever I come back, like, you better listen to me that time. Yeah, he's like, I'll be back soon because it's time to leave Earth and we only have, like, they're only, like, giving us a small window to do it. Yeah. Uh, so Mike still doesn't believe it and he starts climbing out of the treehouse, but then we see Barnabas is already on the ground. He's still trying to talk to Mike. Um, and yeah, Barnabas really believes that he's in danger, but then Mike runs away still not believing it. Uh, and he, like, goes to the bathroom, he looks, he looks in the mirror, he's just like, you know what, I'm just hungry. So... <laughs> well, they do these weird close-up shots of, like, his eyes and his yeah, tongue. Yeah, and his tongue, and yeah, it's, it's like, gross. gross. And he's like, I guess I'm just hungry. <laughs> yeah, so he goes and gets, like, a hamburger. And corn on the cob. And corn and, like, on the cob. Just like <laughs> meal in the middle of the day. Uh, maybe it's lunchtime. <laughs> he left school pretty early. <laughs> Uh, and then he goes into his room and boots up his computer, but all of a sudden, green slime starts falling on his food, and then this, like, disgusting-ass green alien, like, falls out of a tube, like, this, like, like, pipe that's on the ceiling. Yeah, he's just, like, this glob of green, and he has, but like, with, like eyes. with, like, furby eyes and a mouth. Yeah, like, a real, like, teeth mouth and, like, circle eyes, and he's this disgusting It's so creature. gross. And he starts talking, and he's like, I can give you galactic credits, and you can get taken care of. Um, and at the same... I think he introduces himself as The Bone. Isn't that his yeah, name? Yeah, The Bone. 
Um, at the same time, Caitlin calls him on the phone, and she's like, hey, like, I'm sorry this happened. I, I, it's not your fault. Like, I hope everything's okay. I want us to be friends or whatever. And she also apologizes for just, like, blowing him off at school. She's like, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Like, I didn't know what to do, blah, 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 blah. But the whole time Caitlin's talking, the boom is just, like, being a fucking mo- monster alien creature and is, like, eating his burger and making all these noises. And so Mike is like, ew, oh, my God, that's so gross. Like, he's saying this while he's on the phone with Caitlin. He's never heard of covering the receiver. He's all. never heard of, like, thinking. Obviously, <laughs> he could have just said, hey, Caitlin, can I call you back in a couple minutes? <laughs> yeah. Because the whole time Caitlin thinks that, she's talking to him like ew you're so gross yeah and she's like and she's like what the fuck well well, at first she's like what are you talking about and he's like oh sorry there's sewage problems and so she keeps talking again instead of just being like oh like do you need to deal with that (laughs) and so yeah and so this alien is like eating the burger and he's like releasing gas through all of its crevices i think it's supposed to be funny but it's just really gross then he eats the corn and then he pops out popcorn that's not how that works yeah popcorn is not the same thing as corn on the cob i learned that this year so (laughs) (laughs) um yeah he just keeps saying these things like oh my god that's gross disgusting and caitlin's like you're not even listening to me fuck you right hangs up so caitlin hangs up and then the alien is like i'm a lawyer and you have a good case against the earth government and mike's like what? I don't want to sue Earth. Um, but the alien's like, um, well, I'm going to sue you for wasting my time. Because Mike said no. And then he gets sucked back up into the pipe. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It, it. So <laughs> Whatever. Then, I just want to say, I've never seen this movie before mm-hmm. until now. And I thought, like, the aliens were, like, a main part of the plot. But really, like, all these other things happen. And the aliens are just, like, kind of there. They, like, don't really contribute anything. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's a weird part that I'll talk about more later, but, yeah, the aliens are very strange. As far as the storyline goes, you'd think they'd be more important than they are. Right, but they're not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so his friend Nick comes over, and Nick is just like, hey, like, trying to talk to him. He's like, where have you been? All this stuff. And he's like, okay, well, you're not going to believe me, but a fucking alien showed up. And he's like, okay, you're crazy. Right. Um, So then Mike walks outside, and he sees Caitlyn, like, walking out of her house. And they look at each other, but then Caitlyn walks away because she's like, I'm still fucking mad at you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Barnabas shows up, and he's like, yo, Mike, we have to go. And Mike's like, "Um, I don't really want to go, and tries to walk away from Barnabas. Uh, And Barnabas follows, like, trying to um, get Mike to go. And Mike is just like, you know, kids are just desperate sometimes. I didn't really mean it when I said this. Yeah, and so then Barnabas explains how he's opened a can of worms, and he's like... You've opened the can... Well, because Mike mentions the the bone has already visited him. Yeah, yeah, so he's opened a can of worms. It's basically, like, if, if you're smart enough to prove that you can, like, send a message to the entire universe, then your your planet is no longer protected. Right, so, like, Mike's message that went into the galaxy proved that Earth has, like, advanced to this certain technological level that, like, makes the, the protections that Earth had go down, and now all these life forms are able to come to Earth. Yeah. Because Mike did this. Yeah, and Mike's like, well, I didn't mean to. I didn't really know what I was doing. And Barnabas is like, it's too fucking late. You need to come with me. And he's still, like, doesn't want to go. And Barnabas is like, well, don't you want a place where you can be yourself by yourself? And he's like... <laughs> and Mike's like, wait a fucking minute. He's like, that does sound <laughs> Hold nice. the phone. <laughs> and he's like, but I gotta tie up some loose ends. And Barnabas, the dog, already knows. He's like, oh, the girl. <laughs> and he's, he's like, like damn it, Mike. <laughs> he's like, I'll be back. <laughs> Yeah, so Mike goes back to Caitlin's house. Um, 
And he's like, and he like calls to her from her window. Yeah, he's yelling at her from the window. Like the parents can definitely hear what's going on. <laughs> it's so dumb. And he's just like, I'm sorry, like all this stuff. He's I, like, can I just have a second chance? And she's like, okay, but this is, you've run out of chances. Yeah, she's like, this is your last chance. Like I'm coming down now. Which it takes her forever to get from her room down the stairs <laughs> yeah. to the front door. So Because I, at the same time, we see Mike walking up the porch steps. And all of a sudden, we see these two like kind of antenna looking things behind him as he's walking up. Right. And he gets up to the porch and we see them again like from the bushes. And then all of a sudden he turns around and their eyes and they're watching him and they zap him and he falls to the porch. Yeah, and we see that he's kind of like paralyzed, like he can talk, but he can't move his body anymore. Right. And so this little like creature thing comes up to him and he's like, hey, I need to talk to you. He's like, hey, I'm gonna make you a deal. You're gonna be the biggest star in the galaxy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, he just offers him like a reality TV show about his life. And Mike's like, what the fuck is going on? He's like, I need to talk to Caitlin. Oh, uh, the little alien like freezes Caitlin too because she goes Yeah, Caitlin walks down after he like zaps Mike to the porch. And once Caitlin opens the door, he zaps her and just freezes her completely. Yeah, so she's, like, frozen, too, and he's like, we need to go somewhere else to talk, and he zaps them to just, like, this random, like, wooded area. And no, it's steps- just, like, across the street, well, isn't it? He steps on top of him. He's like, I need to talk to you here. He flips him <laughs> over because he was on his stomach, and now he's on his back, steps on his stomach, and starts talking to him. And like Elizabeth said, he's, like, offering him all these deals, and he's just like, no, like, I don't want that. Can you please take me back to where I was? And he doesn't do it until Mike grabs his antenna eye. He has, like, Mr. Krabs' eyes. Yeah, he, like, grabs it by the (laughs) eyes. And then he's like, well, okay then. I guess I won't. (laughs) And so then the alien leaves and he unfreezes everyone. And Caitlin looks for Mike on the porch, but he is across the street. And then, like, a bus gets in the way and she doesn't see him. So she's like, "What what the fuck, Mike? I'm... No, I'm done. Well, also, but don't you think she'd be a little worried? Like, he was literally just there. No, he's not. <laughs> she's not. She's just mad. Uh, yeah. So. So then we're that, at dinner with, yeah. <laughs> we're at dinner the next night with Mike and his family. And Mike just straight up asked if he was adopted. Yeah. And his sister the entire time is like, yes, yes, you are <laughs> Which, like, honestly, same. <laughs> and the parents are like, no. Like, why do you keep saying you're adopted? We can show you. Like, and then he's like, well, was I, was I at least switched at birth? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, we don't think so. <laughs> we're like, we're 99% sure you weren't. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, so I have Jill keeps trying to start shit, but the parents are like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we see Mike is walking outside and Nick, uh, like, catches up with him in the park or whatever. And he's still trying to tell, Mike is still trying to tell Nick about all these aliens, but he's just like, you're insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they make it back to Mike's house and they go up into the treehouse. And all of a sudden this bright flash happens again. And then all five aliens show up at once, including the two that we previously met. And they're all offering business opportunities. I did not realize that this movie, like the aliens in this movie, they're just like shark tanking Mike the whole time. Well, the one is like trying to get with Mike. She's like, yeah. let's go on a date. That's Tara Strong. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'll show you to my family. Everyone will love you. I'm yeah, she's just like a gold digger. <laughs> It's really weird. It's very strange. It's like Shape of Water before Shape of Water, and I don't like it. Yeah, but all these aliens are like, hello, sharks, today. (laughs) (laughs) But Mike is like only Kevin O'Leary because he keeps saying no. (laughs) Yeah, and so Nick finally like sees all the aliens, and he's like, oh shit, you weren't making it up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so then 
uh, they leave the Nick and Mike leave the treehouse, just like leaving the aliens there. Because they're all like arguing. They're like, "No, I got to him first. No, blah, right." Blah, blah, blah. And the entire time, like he hasn't said. Yeah, anything. Like, all these aliens in the galaxy—they're just looking for business opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> they're just trying to make some money for themselves apparently the galaxy is also a capitalism and it's really uh it's sparse when it comes to new opportunities <laughs> apparently so um so then we cut to mike is like packing up a suitcase in his room and he's like i'm gonna take make a deal i'm gonna leave with one of them and nick is like um i don't think you should <laughs> and then caitlin shows up and yeah, so, she's like, you left this, or I have this, or something. She's returning something. Yeah, and she's like, can you stop being so fucking hot and cold? Like, what is going on? And he's like, sorry, I'm gonna go leave with aliens. And she's like, uh... And she's like, would you, like, make sense for once in your life? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> uh, he's not making that up. Sorry. <laughs> Alright, so Mike just, like, apologizes for the dance, and he says Caitlin is the only person who's ever made him feel like he belonged on Earth. And then he's like, okay, bye. And then he walks away. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. So he goes back out to the backyard, and he has a suitcase, and he's like, all right, who's going to make me the best deal? Let's get this going. And right, Nick, start- Nick followed him out to the backyard, too, so Nick is standing there. Yeah, and they all start arguing again. No well, one is just like... <laughs> yeah, and they don't leave the treehouse. They're all, like, making these pitches from the treehouse. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. So then Barnabas shows back up, and Caitlin sees all the aliens because she's walking back out to the backyard to be like, you know, what, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, and then, like, the second Caitlin walks out, all these aliens freak out and leave. And at first, I thought that they were freaked out by Caitlin. <laughs> I thought she was, like, some sort of, like, weird, like, alien thing that they were all, like, leaving. They were just like, oh, like, a girl. I don't know. <laughs> no, it was a thode. A thode. A thode is coming for the can he opened. And then Barnabas says that specimens will be snatched. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he says that a thode is on its way. He's the nastiest specimen in the galaxy. I'm so sorry. I know that as a child I would not have been thinking chode, but that's all I could hear every time they said thode. (laughs) And I almost wrote it down so many times when I was talking about the thode. It was like subtly in the back of my mind, but I wasn't going to bring it up. I brought it up. This is an explicit podcast, so sorry. <laughs> so Barnabas is like, all right, y'all need to leave right now. And appara- and somehow, like, Jay shows up out of nowhere, and the Thode comes up, grabs him with his tongue, and takes him into, like, his little, like, Thode place. Yeah, and Mike is like, I never thought that this would work. I don't want any of this. And Barnabas is like, you know, we can make an appeal to the court that your case was an accident, and then we'll get the protections back for Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, they need to, like, get Jay back. So, like, what are right. we going to do? And Barnabas tells them that Jay, the Thode is just going to keep snatching people until he finds the perfect sme- specimen. And they're like, what's a perfect specimen in high school? A fucking jock. The fucking quarterback. I don't believe that. <laughs> so he's, so Mike is like, I've got a plan. They show up at Scott's house, and fucking Nick is wearing this mask, puts his hand over Scott's face. Yeah, he face. Like fucking suffocates him. Yeah, and Scott wakes up and is like, what the fuck? And he's like, hey, we're just here to, like, kidnap you. And Scott just, like, willingly goes with him at first. Like, he doesn't well, actually say that, but yeah. he's just like, we need you, uh... He says, like, we need, yeah, they're like, we fight you or something. Yeah, they're like, we need you to be bait for this creature. And then he, and then he's like, no. And then Mike is like, 
Well, I dare you. Are you scared? And then it's only then that he agrees. What is with Disney Channel characters and, like, having to prove this is toxic masculinity? Well, it, is, it was just a regular dare. It wasn't even, like, a double dog, triple right. dog dare. Like, are you kidding me? It's not even, like, he didn't even call him chicken like Marty McFly. No. They, he just dares He's him. just like, what, are you scared? And he's like, no. Yes. <laughs> they fucking use the quarterback as bait. And, yeah, um, so they walk into the treehouse, and um, the Stargate portal is there. The Thoad senses, um, excuse me. <laughs> a perfect specimen. That's in quotes. <laughs> Sorry, I just burped into the <laughs> microphone. Um, yeah, they sense, sense his perfection, and he grabs the jock, and everyone follows. And yeah, I guess it's like, like this big like mirror portal thing that opens, and so they all like jump through after he's like grabbed by the tongue. Yeah. So they all, um, So, yeah, they're transported to, like, the Thode planet, and Barnabas, and they're like, where are we? And Barnabas is like, the Thode calls it a zoo, but you would call it a prison. Which I was like, whoa there. It's a little deep, and also that's what people also sometimes think about zoos, so. It's not far off. Yeah. Yeah, So... Um, yeah, so the jock wakes up, like, on the ground in Mike's backyard, and Jay is there, and they're like, why are we in the backyard? But then we realize that the backyard is actually, like, a habitat, like a zoo habitat. Yeah. Um, so the gang walks through the planet, and it really just looks like the Rainforest Cafe. I feel like they just, like, went to a Rainforest Cafe. I've never been to a Rainforest Cafe. (laughs) Well, if you've been to a Rainforest Cafe, that's where a thode lives. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're just, like, walking around, and the first thing they find, the, uh, Barnabas is like, oh, that must be the master control for all the cages. And it's just, like, this little, like, circular, like, crystal podium that has crystals on it yeah. for some reason and so they're like okay well what are we gonna do and they look around and they see that there are like creatures and these like windows and they're like oh like what's going on here whatever um and they look into one and they see the hansels the hansels that the mike that mike has told the stories about that he's drawn it's exactly who he thinks they are mm-hmm. so they never explain that at all but that's fine yeah and whenever so like they like look through like a window like you would um, like, at a zoo, basically, and then, like, if you press a button, they'll have, like, a voice that's, like, these creatures live in this, like, basically a zoo. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's why it's called a zoo. Yeah, um, so then they eventually, uh, they find Scott and Jay, but Scott and Jay cannot hear them. Oh, and at the same time, um, Jay is telling Scott, like, Mike's story of the Hansels or whatever. Yes. Um, so yeah, they can't hear him, and then all of a sudden the Thode walks up, and he looks like a human. Um, he's wearing the key around his neck, and he's like, uh, oh, these humans will be fine here. It's a sanctuary, not a prison. Yeah. (laughs) And so Thode, like, thanks them for being part of his collection, and then he tries to use his tongue to, like, capture Caitlyn, but she, like, swerves out of the way, and then he gets all pissed, because he's like, ah, damn, I thought my tongue skills were better than that. Um, so, yeah, at that point we cut to Jay telling the story, and they're just, like, in their little soundproof area. Yeah, and at this point, Scott realizes that the story that Mike made up is really about himself, and he's like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be a dick to, to Mike. Yeah, because he's, like, talking about, like, how he never feels like he belongs and all this right. stuff, and he's like, oh, hmm, <laughs> kindness? What is that? Maybe people, like, are going through things sometimes. Wow, crazy. <laughs> 
Um, so then we cut to the gang, and they're running away from the Thode. And the Thode is turned into this, like, monster creature. Like, we see him, like, break out of the suit. That yeah, he's, he's like a lizard. He looks like, like, what you imagine, like, a lizard person to be. Pretty much. But he's, he's like, like, what Justin Bieber really looks like. Well, I think it's more like a toad, though. I think like that's a, why he's called Yeah, like a thode. frog. Because he has, like, the, the tongue. Well, I think that's why he's called the Thode, because he's, like, a toad. But, yeah, anyway, everyone's, like, running from him, and they're hiding. And then Mike comes out for some reason, and he's just, like. He tries to distract him while Caitlin and Nick. There's, like, a cage for some reason hanging above. I guess in case any of, like, the, the specimen, in quotes, gets out. Yeah, so Mike distracts them while Caitlin and Nick, like, cut the cage and then it falls on the thode. And then they grab the key. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they run towards Scott and Jay. But first, they stop at the Hansel. And he's like, I... Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. Well, at first, he doesn't know what to do with the key because there's not, right. like, a lock to, like, put it in. And then he's like, wait... And he, like, looks at Hansel, the Hansel person, and he, like, telepathically speaks with them. Yeah, that's... We don't, we don't ever hear what they say, but he just understands the Hansel. Right, he's just like, I understand. And so he, like, does some, like, formation with the key, and he, like, opens the window, the, like... The cage. Yeah. And so the Hansel gets out and just, like, thanks them, and he's like, all right, we have to go get them out or whatever. Right, so then they go get Scott and Jay, and then they open that cage. And um, then they're like, wait, we need to let everyone go. So then he goes over, like, the master key thing that we saw earlier, and he does right. the same thing and lets everyone out, which I'm like, well, couldn't you have just done that to begin with? Right. It does, yeah. Um, and at this time, everyone's, like, running through the gate, um, and then Mike and Barnabas run through after them. But after they get make it back to Earth, the gate isn't closing, and Barnabas is like, the thode is still on its way. I'm going to call the space police. And so he calls the space police, but the line is busy. Yeah, he gets put on hold with the intergalactic space police. Yeah, so Mike must stall the Thode, and he does so by insulting... The Thode has come through the portal to Earth. Yeah. And he does so by insulting him, which makes it grab Mike's leg with its tongue. Yeah, and so everyone is, like, holding on to Mike, trying to get him from, like, going back to the Thode's universe, like, trying to pull him off, and, like... Just in time, the intergalactic police show up, and they're like, Thode, put your hands in the air. You have a hundred warrants out for your arrest. Yes. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, the bone shows up, and he's like, I can take on your case. He's like, did they did they not read you your rights? Did they, were they too rough? Not rough What kind enough? of rights do you think they have? I don't know. Is it's it the same as the Miranda rights? They must be more high-tech, because apparently us <laughs> Earthlings don't yeah, know anything. Yeah, they have a right to remain silent. Anything you can't say can. You have the right you. to a bone. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, so then uh, the police is there, and he's just kind of like, hey, guys, like, what's going on? So then um, we fade out on, like, everyone trying to explain what happened to the po- what happened to the police. Yeah, and so we cut to a football game, of course. Yeah, Mike is sitting on the bench, and all of a sudden Barnabas shows up, and Mike starts talking to a dog in the middle of a football game on the bench, and no one fucking notices. Yeah, I mean, I guess the football game was just so exciting that no one paid attention <laughs> the to The football it. game that's, like, like, I don't even know, like, two feet big. Like, no one's there. <laughs> I don't know why he was even playing in the first game if he's that bad. Why is he sitting on the bench in this game? I don't There's know. There's no explanation. Maybe they had people call in sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Barnabas is talking to him, and he's like, hey, Earth is protected, protected again, and the Thode's in prison, and all his captives have been set free. Right. His case was deemed accidental by the Space Council. Um, and Barnabas is like, hey, Mike, you can still come to my planet, you know, like, we're buds now. Mm -hmm. But Mike is like, you know what? Earth is my home. 
And then Barnabas runs through the gate in, like, literally the middle of the fucking football well, field. Well, first, he's like, if you want to, you can scratch behind my ear. So <laughs> Mike scratches Barnabas the dog behind his ear, and he's like, oh, that's nice. And then he's just like, okay, bye. <laughs> it's a very weird interaction. Yeah. So he runs away into the Stargate that's on the field for some reason, but nobody else can see it, even though they saw it earlier. No yeah. explanation. And so after Barnabas leaves, Mike gets put in the game, and his dad goes, that's my boy, and he goes, I guess I am. <laughs> Even though now there's a case for him being a Hansel more than ever, because he somehow understood the Hansel. That doesn't make sense. And the yeah. Hansel, the entire time, is, like, lovingly looking at him, like, oh my god. Like, my son. Like, yeah. It's, it's really strange. It's never revisited again. Never explained at all. But he's all. just like, no, I'm his boy. Yeah, so, yeah, so Mike gets put in the game, he ends up at the bottom of a dog pile somehow. Again. Yeah, and so this time Scott comes up to him and he's like, you know, you pretty much suck, and he's just like, yeah, yeah I'm gonna keep being, trying. He's like, why are you still on the team? But he does it, like, a little bit nicer, kind of like a fun, like, friend yeah, way. Yeah, and like a mean, And then Mike goes, way. it's where I belong. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, football is not a part of your identity, you don't have to keep playing football. Well, yeah, and as this is the cheerleaders are cheering for Mike. Yeah, they like, start cheering Mike, for Mike. Mike. He's our man. And then Scott helps him up this time, so he doesn't have. To yeah, they're like himself. friends now after they like almost get eaten by aliens together. Yeah, it's fine. And then the movie ends and by ends. them looking at them on the football field. Yeah. And that's that. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, I also have, this was based on a book by Kathy Mackle, apparently. Oh, so. yeah, I saw it was based on a book. I did not look into it. Yeah, I saw it. It was on IMDb, but I didn't do anything else besides see I saw it in the opening credits. <laughs> um, I also wanted to mention that this movie gave me very strong, like, Goosebumps vibes. It was just, like, a too long episode of Goosebumps. <laughs> like, if this was, like, a 20-minute episode of Goosebumps, I feel like I would have enjoyed it a lot more than I did the hour and a half. I mean, we definitely didn't need... Like, the aliens making business pitches to him contributed nothing to the plot. I think that was supposed to be a thing that was, like, in there for parents to try and, like, make it funny. Ha ha ha. It wasn't funny. Well, yeah. And, like, the thing is, I think anytime a movie does that, like, it's not a good enough movie. Because, like, there are children's movies that are good enough that you can watch it at any age and still right. be entertained by it. Right. So, I mean, it's a TV movie, so what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I did have a quote that I wrote down. I didn't. Oh, I did. There weren't very many, but I wrote this down. It was whenever he got tackled in the first football game, and his sister is like, is he dead? Can I have a CD collection? Because I felt bad. I was just thinking about that, and after she said that, I was like, like, not that I want Elizabeth to die, obviously, but I was like, do I, do I get to have her CDs if she does? Do you want I don't all know, my CDs? I don't know if your parents want them. I don't, I don't know if that's well. sentimental. Let's see, I got um, the Hairspray 2 Disc Collector's Edition soundtrack. That's very important, I don't have that one. <laughs> a lot of ours overlap, so they can have the ones that overlap, but the ones that don't. I have Glee, the music volume 5. They can keep that one. I'll um, give that one to Maddie. <laughs> Let's see, ooh, Fat Bottom Girls is on here. No! Firework. No! Um, Sing by My Chemical Romance. Elizabeth, <laughs> stop! <gasps> It has their first original songs. Do you remember Loser Like Me? No! <laughs> it no was one not remembers good. that besides you, you gleek. <laughs> Guys, I used to be a gleek. It was not... <laughs> used to be. Used to be. Listen, some of their music still bangs. 
Okay, their mashup of Walking on Sunshine and Halo. I sang that for my seventh grade spring concert. It's really good. I will <laughs> say that, but it, it, it's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to the movie. Separate podcast about Glee. <laughs> as far as rating and ranking, how did you feel about this one? Um, I gave it a 1.5 and I put it above You Lucky Dog, so it's my last two. I did the same exact thing. Yeah, so mine is Paper Brigade, Can of Worms, You Lucky Dog, and I gave it a 1.5 out of 5 stars. Yeah, not this a fan. is our 11th movie so far, and I just finished my notebook that I had for the first 11. I finished mine last week. Yeah, I had a college-ruled 70-sheet notebook, and I filled it up with 11 movies. I just bought movies. a five-subject notebook for this podcast. Well, I was thinking about it. Like, there's probably going to be, like, ten more. There's going to be nine more of these, like, 110 decom sounds about right. I'm going to have... 10 of these filled. <laughs> Just get a giant ass notebook like I did. You're still gonna run out of space. <laughs> because that's just five of these, so you're still gonna need another Ow. one of those. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, next week is the 13th year, and we're gonna have our first ever guest star. A very special guest. Wow. So it's not exciting. anyone famous, it's our friend Abby, who's even more important. How would we have somebody famous on our podcast? I don't know. Maybe the guy from the 13th year was like, hey guys, <laughs> maybe Kristen Stewart <laughs> listens to our podcast. And she was like, I was in the 13th year. She reached out to us and she will be here next week. She's like, I'm not doing any press for Charlie's Angels. I'm coming on this podcast. Oh my God, did you see that Charlie's Angels, the original, is on Netflix? I did. I want to watch it. But Lucy Lou. I don't have time for it any ever, so. <laughs> we need to end this. Yeah, sorry, that's all. 13 years next week. Check it out. It's going to be fun. Bye. Bye. <laughs>